is Tamia, and I'm a Sci-Fi Sister, and welcome to the Sci-Fi Sisters podcast. I'm here with my girl, Sabrina. Hey. Say hi, Sabrina. Hey, hi, Sabrina. <laughs> and our OG Sci-Fi Sister friend. Hello, hello. Greetings, all. <laughs> welcome to the Sci-Fi Sisters. This is our show. We're talking about Picard. Star Trek Picard today. We're going to talk about episodes four, five, and six today. So we're really excited to get into that. Um, there's been a lot of uh, great discussion about it. Um, and we can't wait to put our spin on it because you know how we do. Mm-hmm. But here's a disclaimer. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. If you have not seen Star Trek Picard episodes four, five, and six at this point, Stop listening to us, go watch them, come back, and listen to our show. Because from here on out, this is spoiler zone. Whoop, 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 whoop. Red alert. <laughs> Red alert. <laughs> so overall, episodes four, five, and six, just overall, you guys, two, three-word impressions for four, five, and six. Sabrina, go. Oh, Brave New Worlds created more than I ever knew about Romulans. And I'm so loving Rios. Oh, baby, baby. <laughs> Fran, what about you? Move the story forward. The, you know, just move the, the, the whole story forward. Rather quickly, I might add. And, you know, as, as Sabrina said, oh, I'm right about Romulans. Especially mm. the nuns. Okay, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yes, we love them gals, don't we? We I love the warrior nuns. I love, uh, I would say for my main themes for these three episodes is really uh, all about character. I just learned, I enjoyed learning so much more about the characters. And, and they really had, there were some deep stories that they were telling for each individual character. And I was thinking, I kept thinking like, gosh, these actors must be having a blast playing these roles because there was a lot to dig into, you know? So, well, on that note, let's get started with uh, episode four, Absolute Candor. Candor. We're going to align our sensors, our sensors with the candor. <laughs> that's, not how you, that's not how you pronounce candor. Candor. <laughs> candor. <laughs> She's making fun of you, you big dummy. Okay, so in case you <laughs> in case you haven't seen Star Trek Lower Decks yet, we just spoiled something for you. It's <laughs> one of my favorite things. Sensors and candor. Okay, so <laughs> So Absolute Candor, this episode was written by Michael Chabon and directed by our friend, Jonathan Frakes. And he can do no wrong. And not with us, he can Mm -mm. do nothing wrong. So the recap um, says, and this is straight from Memory Alpha, but just in case it's been a while since you haven't seen it, since you've seen this show, I'll give you a recap. The crew's journey to Free Cloud takes a detour when Picard orders a stop at the planet Vashti where Picard and Muskie relocated Romulan refugees 14 years earlier. Upon arrival, Picard reunites with Elnor, a young Romulan he befriended during relocation. 
Meanwhile, Narek continues his attempts to learn more about Soji <laughs> while, while Narissa's impatience with his lack of progress grows. I don't think that raspberry was really in memory alpha. I think <laughs> Okay, I, I, that part was a little bit ad-libbed. I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. I know. We, we, ooh, Narek. Okay. We're going to get to that. Okay, so Fran, do you want to start us off? Your favorite things. What are some of your favorite things, like your top three? Uh, that little Elnor. He's such a cutie pie. Oh yeah. And I liked it, you know, when he when he bonded with Picard and they were doing the fencing and and when he when he when he laid against Picard when he was reading the three musketeers to him, I thought that was marvelous. Uh the first look at Soji doing the the uh data head tilt in this episode. <laughs> I said, oh, there's there. And, um, and I loved it when, when uh, Raffi asked Picard, are you out of your goddamn mind? <laughs> and the look on his face was like, oh my gosh. He didn't, he didn't ask. It's like he said to her a little later on, oh, she said, I'm going to be candid with you. He said, oh, please, that'll be a refreshing change. <laughs> so that relationship with them. We really knew, you know, I like those three things. So, you know what? Uh, Sir Pat Sue can really act without saying a word. Just yes. the, the expressions on his faces and his body language is magnificent. I love it. So those are my three tops. All right. Go ahead, Sabrina. Well, this is, I think, my favorite episode of the entire 10. I, I love the whole creation of this world. I love all of this information that we got about the Romulans. But it also had one of my favorite lines in it. I'm not sure if, we, if they said it. I think they did say it earlier, but they say it again. When Raffi is saying she doesn't want to go back to this planet and she's just going to defer to Picard and she says, what did we always say? And says, one impossible thing at a time. I, I just love that statement. That was it for me. And the other thing I loved about it was the Chateau Ready Room. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Knows the man is, you know, his, his Romulan people, they sent, the, they sent the pictures and everything. They were like, hey, 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 you know, you got to do them up. You got to make them comfortable. So he had his <laughs> own little Chateau Ready Room with bourbon and everything in there. I was like, yes, birds flying. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. I, uh, I loved everything that you guys said because I loved all of the same things. And plus, I think that this episode is so quotable. There's so many good one-liners in this episode, like all throughout. The, the writing was really spectacular, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think so, like one of my nods goes to the writing, you know? Um, my other nod goes to uh, that beautiful opening sequence, the whole montage, you know, from the close-up of the details of their, it's like a portrait of their hands. And, you know, you're learning so much about what this place is like just through the hands and the condition that the cards were in and the, the lighting was beautiful. I mean, it was just mm -hmm. stunning. I mean, I loved, mm -hmm. I loved all of that. And, uh, 
uh, my favorite line, one of my favorite lines, I can't say my favorite line because there were so many favorite lines. <laughs> I, well, I had two that really tied and both of them came from the co-op Malat, uh, who is my third shout out, the co-op Malat. The, yes. you know, the warrior priestesses are my, my third shout out that a promise is a prison. Oh yeah. That was I, good. Yeah. That was a good line. I was like, mm-hmm. when I heard that, I was like, Oh my God, that's true. Like there's mm-hmm. truth in that, you know, like I had to write that down in the journal and like, think about that some more, you know, I love that. And, it's, and then, you know, that makes me feel like, Oh, Cause I love, this is what I love about Star Trek. I actually learn things from watching this show. You know, I'm not just passively entertained, you know? Yeah. Right. It's like uh, monsters and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, boy, I don't know. I have to, I don't know. It's so hard to break it down to just three, you know, but three top things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, I think one of the other things that I liked about this episode too uh, was how it dealt with the colonizer philosophy and colonized philosophy. You know, Mm. like I saw, I didn't see, I saw third world nations and, and, you know, uh, and I I saw like, uh, you know, Western powers, sort of, you know, the NGOs that go in that try to be of service to third world nations and like, you know, like you, you have all these happy-go-lucky white folks gallivanting all over the globe doing good and going like, well, why don't people appreciate me? And like, why are they resentful towards me? <laughs> you know, and, right. you know, and I thought that those issues were dealt with uh, so beautifully, like, you know, the, and that Picard in his sheer fucking hubris uh, you know, tore down the Romulans only sign. Like, you know, well, I'm coming in here anyway. It's like, dude, who are you? Oh, like, yeah. You left. I love the dressing down that he got. Like the the back to reality. You know, Fran. I, I think and you did, wanted. Did you notice he was dressed in the typical colonizing, let's say, uniform of his dress when he had the hat on. Remember, because they, they have some old movies yes. where people are going into Africa and stuff, and they're dressed just like that. And the he's linens. Just like a colonizer. Yes, mm-hmm. he's dressed just like a colonizer. Yeah. So, and I think they did, I think they did that on, I'm pretty sure they did it on purpose. Yeah, you know, mad dogs you know. and Englishmen. He's doing <laughs> mad dog you know. and Englishmen things. Go out in the, midday, the noonday sun. <laughs> totally you know that's a good point Fran yeah and I love that part where he just took the sign down like I'm coming in here like no you're not right yeah like you're not welcome here you know and then not understand and the the his inability to understand like to be like me why are you upset with me why are you upset with the federation you know like we tried to help you you know yeah. but and, and then you said you then he, aban- then he just like abandoned them when they when when they stopped everything. They never, I mean, they didn't see him for years and years and years. They just abandoned them, and right. he's wondering why they're upset. Right. I thought this was probably the you know all through the first three episodes we have gotten one group of people who have given Picard shit because you know you did this. You know, first Starfleet said it to him like, hey, you left, bye bye. Raffi said it to him, like, you left me, see you later. And now here we are, the Romulans are saying, hey, you left us, 
Elnor says it to him. Everybody's saying it to him. Like, mm-hmm. what are you coming back for? Mm-hmm. It's just like when Picard was on the ship mm-hmm. and they can't get passage, you know, to come to, to come down. And he says, well, just contact Central Station and tell them it's me. <laughs> He's like, dude, that's the first thing we did. And they're not trying dude. to listen to you. Right. <laughs> he was so amazed. That- did you see the look? Yeah, he, he was like, "Ooh, what?" <laughs> so and you know, that was another acting thing he did that I thought was on par. When they said, "Well, that was the first thing we did," he's like, "Oh, oh, oh, yeah. really? Oh, okay. <laughs> but not, without saying a word, his body language was right. like, "Oh, oh." Okay. I love how the uh, co-op Malat <laughs> sister like totally like stopped him in his tracks like he was like about to go on with all these justifications of rationalizations for why he didn't come back and she was like put the brakes on that you couldn't save all of us so you saved mm-hmm. no none one. of us Ugh. so you saved none of, none us. of us i was like yes. yes and that's the truth and yeah, then he exactly. realized then you realize you know by the yeah. end of the episode that he's internalizing this lesson that he's learning he's like yeah when he tells elnor that i let the uh, perfect be the enemy of good enough or good, you know? Right. You know, and he was just, he was just like not, not hearing it. But I think finally he does. And even throughout the episode, you realize that he was just out of date. Like he didn't know about the, you know, the state of Vashi. He didn't even know that Elnor had never been adopted. It's like, dude, not even a Christmas card, nothing. Right. Mm. And Nothing. now you're coming back like, you know, I want to have a drink and everybody, hey, uh, I'm back. Like, pfft, okay. And I need your help while I'm back. Right. That's really why I'm back because I need your help. Bye, right. bye, Like, I didn't come here just to say hi, you know, and see how you're mm-hmm. doing. Like, I really came because I need something. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Typical colonizer. Amazing. Better, you know. Amazing. It was just Amazing. like complete you know, Federation here, I don't know, just, ooh, chest, what do you call it, chest pumping? Right, right. I mean, I just thought that they Mm -hmm. did a really great job with it. I think, like, some people, like, I've looked at people's responses to it, and this is not the Federation. I'm like, it's totally the Federation, you know? Like, it's totally the Federation, and you, by the way, are totally the colonizer. This is why you don't get it. This is why you don't Hmm. see it, because you think that you just walk around the world with this privilege, and you don't understand that your actions have consequences on other people. Right, that, that people are already there. They're not, they're not being discovered. I, I was here. You, you're coming in. You know, and this is the same thing that happens in Deep Space Nine when they go into the Delta Quadrant and they want to drop communication buoys and they want to drop this. And then they're like, the Dominion is like, I don't know who you think you are, but this quadrant has already got it's somebody running cool. somebody running somebody. And you see it again in even Enterprise where they're dropping things and they're they're spreading out and here we come, we just become in peace. And the aliens are like, no, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. So I really like that the later shows sort of got this idea that yeah, maybe going out into the galaxy and just being all this is not the thing. And here we have it, where we've come all the way full circle. Picard is now seeing, you came in, you said you made your promise, you said you're gonna do this, you said you're gonna do that. It didn't work for you, you left us here, and this is what we have now, thank you very much, you know? Mm-hmm. And but he, Harry Mudd, um, Harry Mudd and, and Discovery said, told him that, Why, what did you think people gonna do while you were boldly gone? You know, and the clean on <laughs> said, no, yeah. sure, pump the brakes. You know, what do you think, you know? We look up and it's like, okay, you're up there. 
you know, and, and I thought what he said was real true, even though I'm talking about disco, it's a different show, but Harry Mudd really told them exactly what the deal was. You know, y'all flying around boldly going. Somebody said, right. no, you're not boldly coming <laughs> And the here. rest of us you are know. living the on these planets. On these, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Trying yes. to deal with whatever exactly. mess you just caused and you're off and you're in a nice pristine ship. You get a nice change of clothes and we're here. Mm-hmm. And you're gone. So, so the, you know, I love this episode because of these deep things that, you know, and I, and I got this like with periodic, with rewatching, right? Like I, I wasn't taking all this in on the first thing. This time I want to know what was your head scratcher? You know, what was, had you go, hmm, that you weren't quite sure about, you know, or that you didn't like so much or you like, this doesn't even make sense. Did you have any head scratchers for this episode? Oh, you know what my head scratcher was. Say it. Why did you have to cut the black Romulan's head off? <laughs> See, once again, Star Trek is failing. We get a nice, prominent black person that seems like they've got something going on. And next thing you know, bye-bye. Their head bye-bye. is gone. They're decapitated. I would have <laughs> loved to have seen that character. I mean, here is a Romulan senator that was in this story, in the story with Picard, and, you know, rather than have this guy get developed or even, you know, maybe the thought of possibly coming back, you cut his freaking head off. He's going through all of this mess. And not as much as I love Elmo, you know, that's my other little cutie patootie in there. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. But, you know, really, Star Trek? Why are you going to decapitate a black man? Oh, I got some issues. Indeed. Mm. <laughs> Fran? <laughs> Well, um, I kind of, because I, I looked at, I, of course, I've seen it more than once, but I remember when she went to see, uh, the, I can't think of the lady's name, but the lady that was the uh, Romulan, the, the Romulan, she went to see her and Narek was sent, you know, Narissa. came and saw her too. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And Ner- and she asked Narek some questions and he never directly answered her about, he said, yeah, she's always been this tortured soul or whatever. And he's, and she says, oh, do you know her? And he never answered the oh, question. Oh, you're talking about Soji. You're talking about when Soji and Narek were talking what together. I, yeah, Soji, yeah. And then, mm-hmm. but they were there with, you know, with his, well, with that's the Romulan episode. lady, with the Romulan right. lady who was up in the ward. She right. had survived. She, she she was yeah, yeah. Oh, and she oh, had come oh. to find out she was the one that you know broke the the cube. Mm-hmm. And but all the Romulans were disordered, as they said. But she he he never answered her. He just kept talking. He he did he. She asked him a couple of questions, and I know why later on. But he never answered her questions directly. But I can't say why he didn't now. Well, that because that was a head factor for me. That's mm-hmm. our problem with Eric. He was always saying, not saying, or saying something, and she was just listening to this foolishness from this man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the other, my other head scratcher, the big head scratcher was the relationship between Eric and his sister. Yeah, mm-hmm. when when he when she came when. I'm like, wait a minute, you know, I have a feeling the way that I got it was, 
that she's always been abusive to him. I, that's what I got. And I'm like, am I reading this right? Because I think so. You know, because she's one of the things that I picked up on, and that's the writers, I think. She's, he said, and it wasn't in this episode, but he said to her, oh, you came in without knocking. And she said, why start now? Mm-hmm. And that's deep. That means she's been like walking in on him for a, a long time. Well, plus you her know. interactions she, with, with him were so, um, you know, erotic, right? And, oh, and, and sensual. Then I was like, dude, do we, uh, like every, now every time we get a brother and sister duo in a show, does it have to be incestuous? You know, like just because it was in Game of Thrones, does we, do we have to do that all the time now? <laughs> like, let's, yeah. let's hope this is a game. Let's hope it's not a tra- Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, it, it's there, yeah, trust it's there. me, in a yep. big, 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 big way. You, okay. um, but, um, you know, <laughs> I'm like, let's just not make a trend of this, you know? And, and I don't know, I don't think that dynamic is necessary. That's my, one of my head scratchers for the episode. I don't think, the only head scratcher I really have for this particular episode, like, I don't think that dynamic is necessary. Hey. You it's know, I, I don't think they need it's to not. bring the sensual part of it and try to make it like verging on incestuous in order for them to exploit the power dynamic between the two, which is really mm-hmm. what they're talking about with the two of them. You know, mm-hmm. it's really the, yeah. power, dynamic. the power dynamic. Yeah, just just being, just being, you know, Narek being the one that, I mean, when she, she put her hands on his throat, I mean, you know, you have these brother and sister things where it's very violent, you know, where the older, the older sibling is like beating up the younger one, but, you know, you didn't have any, yeah, you didn't need to have anything sexual in there, but we do in this case, so... It was just really weird that they had that whole thing going on. It was. That was my that was my big head scratcher trying to figure that out. Yeah. Well, okay. So we have we have done absolute candor. I think like actually I had a lot more positives, uh, a lot well, more things that I loved about this show, this particular episode than not. What about this case? Okay, Sabrina says, Well, didn't we get one more crew member? Go for it. Talk we about had, it. Yeah, we have the, the absolute, we picked up the, we, we've completed the Motley crew with this episode. Yeah. In a big way. So we have the big reveal that here she is coming to save the day. <laughs> yeah, Although, we, can't, we can't leave this episode without talking about Seven of Nine. You're yeah. absolutely oh. right. We would be remiss oh. because it, that was a huge okay, but, part. Because it's a good battle scene. I, I like the, you know, the Okay, whole but little, they gave it away. Hmm? He said, this is spoiler country. They gave it away during the credits. Oh, I know. I know. They yeah, gave it I mean, it wasn't, the... it wasn't a, a... We were a, waiting a, a, for it. Yeah, we knew she was coming. We just wanted to see how. Tell me you mm. didn't know that was her flying that plane as soon as it came in there, flying that machine. As soon as he said it's a magnificent pilot. I, I know like, exactly who it oh, was. Yeah, right. Oh, when did Jane Way teach you how to fly? It's about it? to go off at be seven or nine. Right, she wasn't flying up in the Voyager. Well, that was Tom. <laughs> She must have learned that after Voyager. But you know, she was a, she was a, well, no, she was a former Borg. So, you know, they all know everything, all whatever, know the, you know, she, I'm sure they assimilated a lot of pilots. Okay. Know. That's yeah, why I'm she sure. knew everything. That's why she was. 
But that was a good entrance. That was was one of the best entries I've ever seen. It was bad. It was really, really bad. I'm like, okay. I wrote that in one of my favorite things. And I was like, when you guys heard me hesitating, like, oh, I don't know which last favorite thing to put in there. The uh, seven of nine's <laughs> entrance was like the last one. I was like, oh, but, and I mean, like, I was so ecstatic. So, okay, in Voyager, I was not a big seven of nine fan because I knew I. why she was on that show. She was, at, she was there for TNA and they thought that they needed to get bring the young male audience in there, you know. And mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. times when they got to let Seven of Nine really kick ass, like I liked, I liked her character then. I didn't dislike her character. I just didn't need her. Mm-hmm. My family, my little yeah. Voyager family was intact without her. I didn't need her. Um, and then the, the fact that it became like the Seven of Nine and and doctor, doctor like, you know, doctor. review, <laughs> musical review half the time. Like I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> down with that either. Like I was not a musical theater person. I didn't need to see somebody singing at me all the time. You know, I'm like, yes, I know Robert <laughs> Picardo can sing. Okay, next, mm-hmm. moving on. Yeah. You know, um, but now like the way yeah. that they brought her back in this show and she was so badass. you know, the outfit is great. She's out of the cat suit. Thank yep. God, you know, and she's kicking ass, and she's and the corset. Imbi- don't forget the don't forget the corset. Right, and the corset. corset. And Work you know, Barbie. so she's like she's kicking ass. She's a real character now. She's she's been through some knocks. She's embittered, you know. She's uh, battle tested, you know. She's really sure of herself and where she is and who mm-hmm. she is, you know. And I like mm-hmm. the Seven of Nine mm-hmm. a lot. You got all that from that one little scene where she just fell to the ground, huh? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She did the little little seven or nine thing, though. She did, because she she had a certain head tilt in Voyager. Mm -hmm. And I think the only thing, I wasn't, she she did that. But the only thing that I think that saved her in my eyes, because I know, you know, we all know she was there for TNA, is that Jerry Ryan can actually act. True. That right. was my True. saving grass for her. She can that's act her my little saving butt grace off. for her. That's Ooh, that's the only yeah. thing that saved her because if she was like one of these airhead, blonde head looking, you know, women that couldn't act, I would have been like, okay, Voyager, I'm, I don't want to see this anymore. But she could actually act. That was her saving grace for me. But I knew why she was there. One of one of my other little favorite minutes in that scene was when Elnor looks at Picard. She's got the sword ready to chop her head off. He mm-hmm. looks at Picard. He says, nope. And he looks back and he's like, okay, I won't chop her head off. <laughs> yes! Elnor's like, kill her? Can I kill her? He was ready. He was ready. He was ready to start swinging. <laughs> Had that sword at the ready. He had it at the ready, but he did exactly what Picard had said to him. Don't you kill anybody else until I tell you. Don't kill him. (laughs) (laughs) Not until I tell you to kill him. You don't chop nobody's head off unless I tell you so. Oh, my God. That was so cute the way he looked. Can I? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And one last little thing. I'm going to slip in one last little thing before we move on to Stardust City Rag, because we really need to move on. Uh, the last little thing was my favorite little snide little quip that Rafi got in uh, on Picard. She said, the man can't even take a guilt trip without using a starship. Without using a starship. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, right. 
Right. Like, okay. All right, Rafi. That's my oh, girl. Great, great okay, writing. Then, great writing. And then she imitated yeah. him. She said, oh, what did he say? Let's to make a... <laughs> let's head to Vashti and you just so lay a course to Vashti. <laughs> she had him down. So she could, she'd call him JL, JL all day long because right? she's, she's like, yeah, lay what do you want to say to me? You want to tell me not to call you JL? I'll try it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, so absolute candor, that's a thumbs up in our book. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. it's, and and yeah. from here on out, it shall be referred to as absolute candor. 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 Okay, okay, candor. <laughs> candor. Okay, episode five, Stardust City Rag. This episode was written by Kirsten Beyer and directed by Jonathan Frakes, again, yeah. Oh, gosh, I love him so much. Okay, the recap. The La Serena crew begins an unpredictable and lively expedition on Free Cloud to search for Bruce Maddox. When they learn that Maddox has found himself in a precarious situation, a familiar face offers her assistance. Okay, Fran, do you want to start this time with your favorite things? Or did you start last time? It doesn't matter. Fran, you want to go with no, your favorite I, things? Okay. Uh, favorite things. Um, of course, Rios in his pimp costume. The only thing that kind of, well, that's my favorite. I like the, you know, the way that he was portrayed there. And, uh, I like the way that, because I saw a little bonding with Raffi and Seven when she was showing her about the handcuffs and everything. And she leaned in and she kind of whispered and said, admire what you do out there you know i thought that was a, i thought that was a connecting moment for the two of them i like that i noticed that and uh my favorite my very okay my very funny favorite scene in the whole show was when pepe le pew oh excuse me picard was standing next to um, seven or nine, and he was talking about her. Did y'all see the look on her face? And that was real too. That was real. I thought I would pee my pants. The look on her face when he was doing oh, that, you know, when he was doing that, you know, fake accent. And I know that they had to. I know they broke up several times doing that scene. I loved it. Look at the look on her face, her eyes, she, that, that little eyebrow goes up I'm like, this fool here, you know, but <laughs> that was in the whole series, the funniest thing to me. I loved it. I just, I just loved it because it was hilarious <laughs> and he was so out of character. That's his, that's that Sir Pat Sue's great acting again, you know, that he was kind of believable, you know. I just heard Pepe Le Pew. That's it. You know. <laughs> it was priceless. That's <laughs> priceless. It was it was just, you know. Oh my God. It was priceless. That's it. So my favorite Those thing, were my that was my favorite. My favorite thing was Mr. Vup. <laughs> I love Mr. Vup. Mr. Vup was too much when he was talking about, 
you know, you have some sort of smoked meat. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, that guy was scary looking. He was built. I mean, he was talking about, he had 1,200 olfactories. He says, you smell truthful. I was like, Lord Jesus, let me out of here. But, but then <laughs> that was crazy. My other favorite thing was Elnor through the whole thing when they were getting him dressed and he, he started yes. to speak Spanish. Uh, I got a grande or something he said. He was trying to be like Rios. I just died. I mean, everybody had some fake accent going on in this thing. And he could not think about it. He goes, are we all pretending to be someone else? Right. He's <laughs> like, oh, everybody is pretending. He was lost. Touch a fish out of water. He didn't know. Oh, is, Candor, is Candor out the window? <laughs> he didn't know what was going on. Everybody was lying. It was just like amazing to him. And then my other favorite thing in this was actually was Jaisal's costume. I oh, love yeah. That yeah. costume. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. We had that little kind of intendant wannabe thing going on on the hair, and then <laughs> and then the outfit, and they had like it had like cap sleeves. I was like, what is going on here? I loved, I loved the whole ensemble. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it looked like an '80s chorus girl, like <laughs> sci-fi version what? thing, like mashup. I was like, what? What? <laughs> what? Like, who came up with this? What? I mean, you know, like, is this our nod to the fact that every time they think about fashion in the future, it's always the most whacked out shit? You know? <laughs> what the, like, who's wearing this ever? Oh, well, even in the bar scene where the man had the angel wings, I was like, what on oh, in yeah. the world? The, the, you know, the, the, you know, have to have bar scene. I'm like, do we really have to have a bar scene in every sci-fi thing now that yes. Star Wars and come Yeah, on. that's what it, you gotta have. All right, bar here we go. Playing Scott Joplin music, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good scene. I liked it. You know, mm -hmm. something made it worthwhile being in that bar one more time. I know, right? <laughs> Well, I, um, first of all, Bejazel, I said, Deanna Choi's evil little sister, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, every, when I first saw her, I was like, um, did they purposely cast her because she looked like young Troy? You know, I, yeah. it, amazing. I, like, I had to look at her a couple of times. I too wrote down Mr. Vup. I loved the new race, the beta Beta Anari. Yes. I, I love the new race. Um, and uh, like you guys have said a lot of the things that I liked about this episode. The other thing that I liked about this episode, because it took me um, several times of rewatching and just seeing Measure of a Man from TNG, mm. uh, like mm -hmm. last week, that this is the same Bruce Maddox that was arguing, trying to like you know, dissect uh, dismantle data, data. dismantle mm -hmm. data, you know, and arguing that he was not sentient, um, you know, and uh, then now he's on this quest to create sentient droids, you know, you know, uh, so I mean, like, I, I didn't make the connection for a long time, you yeah. know, that this is the same. So it, it made it just uh, really, it, it added a whole nother layer of depth to the story, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that this is like, mm -hmm. this is the, 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 uh, the, uh, the end of his journey, like, you know, like, mm -hmm. 
you know, the culmination, that's the word I'm looking for, the culmination mm-hmm. of, of his lifetime of work. And, and you well, know, he started years ago, years ago, but trying to dismantle, mm-hmm. disassemble my boy data. You know, now he's got Data's mm. kids. You know, now he's helping to build mm-hmm. Data's kids. You know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I also, also <laughs> because of Bruce Maddox, I forgave him for giving away Picard's identity like a fool. Picard? I was like, oh, I know, oh, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> just still a wonk. <laughs> still, still, you don't. But you get know it. what? But I, I, I could kind of see it because you know. They had really worked him over. Yes, I gave him a You know, because he was down there bleeding and, you know, dehydrated and ribs broken and everything. He'll look up and see somebody that was kind of like, oh, somebody I know, Picard? (laughs) You know, Uh I kind of like, kind of like, okay, because he was in such a bad shape. Yeah, you're right, Fran. Give him a pass. I gave him a pass because, yeah, I was like, all right, he's seeing Picard and he had a little tranny hangover. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so i have a question for you guys because i have another really favorite part of this episode but i want to save it for a minute because i want to ask you guys about the opening scene what did you think of the opening scene with ichab and seven oh my god you know re-watching I skip over it. I can't. I have to Every skip time. until like she comes in and she she actually kills him. I like mm-hmm. that part. I can watch, but I can't even watch the first part of it. Every rewatch, I, I skip over the torture. It was just, oh, what a scene! I, what a scene! I do the same thing. I skip when I'm looking at it again. I skip over the opening scene until she comes in. To seven or nine comes in and kind of, kind of saves him by doing what she did, but I can't, I can't watch it. I can't, but I think, now this is personal. I think it was done for a reason and I won't go all into the deep thing, but I think they did that to that character for a reason. And it's a personal reason that they did it to the character. But I didn't like it at all. And I, and I won't look at it. I'll just skip through that part. It's too graphic. It's really graphic, and that's that's the thing. Like, I mean, it's a hard story to tell, right? You know, like what she was mm-hmm. telling, and this is like, you know, akin to horrors that are going on in our own world right now that that people don't like to think about, but that are actually happening. You know, like mm-hmm. trafficking of children, and you know, and selling them on as sex slaves and things like that. You know, but he. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that we're used to seeing in our Star Trek world. Mm. No. Right? Like, you know, not so that graphic like that. Not this graphic. This was something really new for us. And, you know, I wonder, I didn't see, what did you guys see in the rooms um, about this particular scene? Was there a lot of debate about it that I, you saw? I think a lot of people were really. Well, well um, some people thought, like I thought, why it was, why they did. Yeah. Go ahead, Fran. Well, like I say, I think I think it was a personal thing. I think the writers did it as a personal thing. What do you mean when okay, you say you that? Okay, three times now. You got to come up with it. Yeah, because we don't understand what you mean, what you're talking about. Okay, you know the, the original guy that played Echeb? Yes. Mm-hmm. M- Manu, whatever. You, I can't say uh-huh. his name. Manu Itriyama you know, or something. When they, when, thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
when the thing first came out with Anthony Rapp and um oh gosh, I can't think of his name. Uh Kevin Spacey. The guy that hey, thank you. Manu took Kevin Spacey's side and right. said, Oh, well, nothing happened. And you know, he he basically said that, you know, Anthony Rapp was lying and he didn't care. You know, he actually said, I got proof because it's on his it was on his IG thing. So I think what they did, because he was chomping at the bit to go back. He wanted to go back on Picard. He wanted to be, you know, he, he, you know, but they didn't even call him. They got somebody else to play the part and they got rid of each of and like the worst way that they could possibly get rid of him. <laughs> I think it was personal, y'all. Well, I think because, well, there's uh, also more to that story too. There was a whole nother chapter to that story yeah. uh, because he actually did uh, this whole reconciliation with Anthony Rapp. Um, and- uh, Okay, but- like the, I'm, No, I'm just, hold up before, I'm just saying like, I, I, I think your point is valid though, that they probably didn't want to touch him with a 10 foot pole for Picard, you know? Um, but I just want to say like, if we're gonna, that, that there was more to that story. The story didn't end with that post. You know, the story actually ended well, I, I in a, in a really different way. No, I just want to say, because we brought it up, I want to present the whole thing. You know, that's all. Okay, but I, I do, I know that he apologized and I know that Anthony Rapp accepted his apology. I know that part. But what our but listeners know, didn't hear us say that, I'm, so now they have. Right. Okay, yeah, he did apologize and Anthony publicly accepted his apology, but we don't know what went on in the background. We don't know what happened. So we're going to leave it there. I just, say, you like, know, I just, they just that, wanted him off the show. Okay. Exactly. They wanted the mm-hmm. character off the show because they did not invite him back. Okay. Yeah. 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 But okay. they couldn't get, they couldn't get the original, um, uh, the guy that played, um, uh, oh gosh. The man, the man you just said was on the ground and said, Picard. Oh, <laughs> they couldn't get, him the original he, guy yeah. who played Bruce Maddox, the original man who played yeah. Bruce Maddox. They couldn't oh, get okay. the original Bruce Maddox because he was, uh, he teaches now. Right. And he couldn't get away for, to play the part. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. He was, uh, he, this guy was a good, um, he really kind of embodied him. He was a really close match. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one thing I wanted to ask you guys about. Then the other thing that I wanted to get to really quickly with this episode is um, Rafi going to see her son. That yeah. whole story arc and how powerful that is. First of all, for me personally, as somebody who's uh, five and a half years sober, like her struggle with her addiction is very close, it's very close to home, right? Um, and I see her portray this character with so much truth, you know? Um, but it, outside of that, it was just, abs- those actors were incredible. She was incredible. The, the, I, I wish I had his name in front of me, which I don't. The actor who played her son was really phenomenal. Gooding, um, his last name is Gooding. He's Cuba Gooding's son. Is he really now? Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son. Wow, look at that. He is, he was good. I mean, like, he was so Mm -hmm. compelling. Like, I couldn't stop watching him. And I was like, gosh, it would be Mm -hmm. lovely to see him again, you know, hopefully at another part of Rafi's journey. That's what I was thinking, too. 
I wanted to see that whole thing. Because I don't think that they would have brought him in for that whole big scene if if he wasn't going to come back, I'm kind of hoping. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You know, to put a face and a name and a scene and a whole thing. I mean, I understand that they wanted to, they could have they could have given us some, ex, you know, explanatory background. You know, she's just going to come back and like, oh, my son hates me. But right. she didn't. We had that whole thing. So um, I loved it. I, I felt really bad for him because he was just Mason Gooding. That's his name. Mason. All right. Yeah. Mason What's up, Mason? Big shout out to Mason Gooding. <laughs> yeah. We're looking, yeah, for, you. We're looking thing, for you. We're looking for you, Mason. He did, we're looking for he? you. Yeah, he did. Even the body language, he had it down <clears throat> pat. When oh, you went to touch him, and he was like, you know, oh, he like, just, oh my gosh. And, and, and I just... Raffi said at one point when when Picard said he wanted to go to Free Cloud, she said, I can't stand the place. But then she was ready to like go there and live with the with her son. You know, she was ready to put up with Free Cloud if that's where her son was gonna be. I thought that right. was big. I thought that was big. She hated it. And and I wanna um kind of piggyback on that because I'm also a person with some years in recovery. And I could really relate to that thing. I could really, really relate to it. And it's just really touching to be a parent and to go through what I went through. And, you know, it's, it, it, it rang so true. I'll put it that way. It rang mm-hmm. really true to me. And the fall you know? back, mm-hmm. and the fall back. And mm-hmm. you know, she was. Yeah. <laughs> but I, and I would also like to see her go back to him or him come to her you know if they come back and say you know mom you were right you know you were right about what you did maybe you went about it the wrong way you know but you were right and maybe apologize her just for that part because you know she's back and she's trying to make amends and everything but just for that part for him to say you were right mom because she, yeah, she got up in his face about that when he started talking about, oh, yeah, the Mars thing. And she was like, pot. there was a conspiracy. She started up like, no, I am right. you know. But yeah. that was really she good said, when she just was like, no, I'm not even letting that go. Right. Yeah, she said, that was not, that was not crap pot. You know, and mm-hmm. she was right. I want, I want them to write. And I thought it was really something that, but they do the visuals here, that his wife, was actually an old school Romulan. Right. Yeah. From you know the ones we know from TNG. One yes, of those old was. school Romulans. I'm like, okay, all right. And she was really nice to her. You know, I was like, oh, okay. Well, uh, I'm like, okay, Star Trek. <laughs> right. That's, I think but, we're gonna see them again. I'm hoping for you know, I'm hoping for another visit from the kids. Me too. Me Let's too. In. Maybe, maybe with the grandbaby. Oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe that grandbaby, I want to see that, that pretty grandbaby. But, you know, like, I, I know, right? But, you know, while we're speaking of Romulans really quickly, I love what they're doing with Romulans in this show, makeup-wise. You know, yeah. it's just mm-hmm. so beautiful and so, like, how they're personalizing. And I saw that little, that short, um, the uh, mm-hmm. clip that they put out about um, the makeup process Eyebrow. for mm-hmm. doing the, mm-hmm. each individual hair. Mm. You know, going mm-hmm. along the, the, the person's natural eyebrow line ridge. I mean, just amazing work they're doing. Uh, they, they look so well, you, good. Well, they only, if you think about it, and if people think this through, 
we only saw one type of Romulan on TNG. We really did. We only saw one type of Romulan on TNG. But if you think about on the earth, how different humans can look. Why exactly. can't Romulans look different? Exactly. That's what I love you about know? this show, this attention to mm -hmm. detail like and getting moving away from this really homogenous portrayal of these other mm -hmm. alien races, right? Races. You know, mm -hmm. there's only one type of like one look for Romulans, one look for Vulcans, one look for Klingons. No, you know, there's variety in our species, you know? And, yeah. you yeah. know, and like, can we just speak truth to that? You know, <laughs> like we, just, yeah, we saw one black Romulan in TNG. There was one black Romulan, right? <laughs> one, one captain, once. yeah, one, one captain. But um, <laughs> one. I I love okay. that they. I love that the Romulans are the the aliens of this series because I they were my mm -hmm. favorite aliens from original series. They were the first <laughs> aliens. They were the first ones. They came up before the Klingons. They were the Romulans. And the Romulans were always doing something, something, something not up to snuff, do some wild stuff, some deceitful, all kinds of crazy yes. stuff. Changing Troy into something. And you know, they had Geordi at one point. I'm like, Jesus, these people are twisted. But oh, I, they I are. love them. Even they from really Balance are. of Terror, which is one of my top I love, I love that episode. of the entire 50 whatever years, Balance of Terror is one of the best ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's Before. my favorite. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's my, that's my second. My, that's my second favorite episode of TOS is Balance of Terror. Balance of Terror, but boy. Journey to ba Journey to Babel. Babel is my first one, but, yep. but Balance of Terror is my second one. And guess what? My third was was when they when when um Spock and them went on to the Vulcan ship to get the the um. Remember the lady commander? The commander. Vulcan, the spot was yeah, like the Vulcan, almost in love with her. Yeah, the Vulcan the mm. commander. Woo. So yes. the Enterprise incident. Um, yeah, that's... Yes. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, and the thing I love about the Romulans, I think all through all of the franchises, if you bear with me on this, there was always one Romulan that would say something like, if not for this war, we could have been friends. Even Mark Leonard said it to Kirk. Mm -hmm. You know, he said, if we weren't doing uh -huh. it, you know, I, I admire you. The Romulan said mm -hmm. it's hard at one point. He said, if only we weren't doing mm -hmm. this, you know. And so you saw this a mm -hmm. lot with the Romulans, that they were this militaristic society. But um, they, not all of them were buying it. And some of them were like, man, if we just mm -hmm. weren't spending all this time doing this craziness. And I always loved that that <laughs> went through a lot of the, it went through the franchises a bit with the Romulans. They were mm -hmm. always a little mm -hmm. sympathetic. Yeah, always one that was always like, one. There was one that was like, yeah, even that one where they had the differences time, in the different time. Space. They had the difference in the time, and they were talking through the thing. Love it. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm done with Romulans. I love. Them. Uh, yeah, okay, because okay. we spent a lot of time on Romulans, but we didn't talk about uh, Agnes killing Bruce Maddox. Oh, you know, oh, right. oh, I mean, right. and you know, like. What's up with that? What's up? With, that was a shocker, though. I have to tell you, that was. I was like, I, I sat there. My I, floor, my jaw was on the ground. Really, I, I want to see back. what. Like, I don't. Is she gonna kill him? He's not dead. Is he really? Back. Is he really dead? 
Yeah. I, I want to see happen? how they're going to deal with that in season two. I really want to see what they're going to do. I have to. I, I, I thought the EMT was going to come or the EMH was going to come and save them. I was like, something's got to happen here. Wait. And Elnor says to her, you know, when um, Picard snaps at her, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, oh no, that was that the next episode? That's the next episode. Yeah. Okay. When she glares yeah. at him. Yeah. Say, he said, was I embodying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but, I mean, I anybody. thought that that was, uh, I mean, I thought that scene was spectacular too. I really think that these actors are doing such an incredible job. And she, even though I, I don't so like too. her, I don't like her character very much, but I love the job that she's doing portraying oh, yeah. her. Her acting, her acting yeah. is great. Yeah, I mean, just amazing. Like, this is a really uh, well cast show. These people, it's just, these people know how to. They they know they are really casting the right people for the right roles. Because absolutely. the people that they're getting are just perfect for the roles, and they're great actors. So I just, I'm yeah. like, okay, y'all know what y'all are doing. I just, I just trust that they know what they're doing, and they do. I think they do. Yeah. We're definitely in good hands. In good hands going into the next episode, The Impossible Box. Okay, but wait a minute. I got one thing to say. My head was scratching. I love Rio. <laughs> He's so sexy and all that stuff, but the guy has no rhythm whatsoever. I could not believe that. Remember he was walking in the bar and, and the drunk and your music was playing. He was like rhythmless. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> he has no rhythm. If you look at that scene again and and he's supposed to be, you know, bouncing to the music, he is so off. I'm like, oh God, no rhythm. Come on. Okay, so I had to to say that. (laughs) It was a feather with throwing him off balance, I think. I know, right? (laughs) It was a feather. Okay. And and those and the heels and those boots. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. The feather and the heel. Okay. He wasn't selling it to you, huh? He wasn't selling it to you, friend. Like, Not yeah, at all. You really got to sell this. None of that existential brooding spaceman so Spaceman booty, you know. <laughs> like, when he was walking okay. in it, I mean, look at it. Look at it again, guys. He has no rhythm. Right. <laughs> okay. I'm going to check it out again next time. All right. All right. That's all right, baby. That's now right. we're getting to episode six. Okay, but what? Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. We're not going to talk about Bejazel and Annika. Didn't y'all see? Because I picked that up from the first beginning about okay. them being. Oh, yeah, they yeah were, you're right. Yes. Yes. Okay. So yeah, I missed, were, I missed that on the first time that I watched it. I got it on the second time. I got it on the first time. I think I was I watching from, so much stuff. Time. No, I think I did. Did I get it on the first time? Because she was pretty blatant about it. She was right up in her face, baby. When she called it Annika, I was like, oh, hey. Yeah, when she hey, called hey, her Annika. Annika. I knew it, I knew it right then, and when she, and then when Seven said, "No one has ever been more been worth more to you than me," and I slipped right out of your fingers. That is lover talk right there. That's lover. That's lover talk, guys. So, and I saw it, and I was the one with Shabon. I wrote into Shabon and said, "Was that sexual tension there?" He said, "Definitely." Definitely, it was sexual tension there. Okay, all right. I had I had to bring that up. Okay, all right. Yeah, you're right. I mean, like we can't have a discussion of that episode without that. You're absolutely right. Without, 
Yeah, and we have to acknowledge that. And I think that's so interesting how they're interweaving these things, these dynamics through the stories without being like hitting us over the head and like, hey, guess what? People are gay. Guess what? They're gay. (laughs) Hey, did you know we have to have gay people in the future? Look, here's one. Here's another one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I like it the way that they have the inclusive. Yeah. I can't be a man and you over the head like a club with. Right. She was always playing her. Mm. Played her, yeah. The Jaisal. Yeah, but she got her her comeuppance. That's all. She got her comeuppance right fine. You guys, are we going to make it to episode six or are we going to have to do a whole nother podcast? (laughs) No, we're going to make it to episode six. Come on now. Here we go. Episode six. The Impossible Box. box. The Impossible Box. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to start this one off. Yes, you do it. Okay, um, my favorite thing about this episode, outside of Rios with no shirt on, um, (laughs) was uh, the way that they um, framed Picard's Borg experience and his return to a cube um, and showing that trauma does not just magically disappear and go away, that trauma lasts and Mm -hmm. has years to heal and layers upon layers of healing to do, you know? And uh, I thought that was a really wonderful statement that they were making. And it's so, this is why I love so much of the new Trek because we've sat around for years talking about this stuff, about our Treks. Like, you know, how many times have we been in discussions mm-hmm. of like with people and said, oh yeah, well they just bounce right back. And yeah, what was Brian, mental health, you know? <laughs> you know? And so this is really building on what we've mm-hmm. done before, where we've gone before and, and bringing so much more depth to it, you know? So that was my, that's my first mm-hmm. favorite thing. Sabrina, what about you? Um, what I loved about this one, actually, I didn't like it at first, but looking at it in the rewatch, the scene between Rios and Agnes got on my nerves at first, but I watched it again, and just like Fran is saying, the acting that Alison Pill did when she said those lines, because what are you feeling right now? And she said, hollow, hopeless, lonely, and afraid. And I was like, and then he said, do you think this is going to help any? Right. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, you want to you roll in the hay with me? He's like, I'd recommend it. He was all for it. And I was sort of like, why would anybody say yes to that when you know she's, but then he didn't know what she had done. So right. I have to remember that he didn't know that she no, killed he Bruce. So he just thought like, yo, yeah, your boy died and you know, you have some, you have some grieving sex. Is that what you want? I don't know. Yeah, hey, come on. <laughs> but um, he was, <laughs> he was, he kind of like talked it out and listened. Yeah, I know. I'm so bad. Grieving <laughs> sex. Why would he but say it's true, yes to her? It's true. Sometimes, okay. Sometimes sex is yes yeah. that. Yeah. He, he asked her, she mm-hmm. gave her answer. He said, do you think this is going to help you any? She said, yes. He said, then, okay. Yeah, she <laughs> said, yes, for, you know, okay. a few minutes. You know, she for said, a for, she knew. for a few minutes. Right. right. As soon as he heard, okay, you know this isn't going to really. That's what she said about an hour or so. so. She said, no, she said this will help for uh, whatever, whatever. It was whatever short time. time. But as soon as okay. she knew that she knew this was a Band-Aid for a second, he was down with it. So I kind of gave him, mm-hmm. I said, you know, 
my honey bunny, you know, I feel bad too. I'm feeling sad. I'm lonely. <laughs> I'll kick a soccer ball around with your baby. Okay. Okay, stop. All right. My yep. <laughs> <laughs> Here, kick it to me. Kick it to you. Kick it. My favorite part was that for the first time since looking at, you know, the Borg, I saw them as as they as as Picard said, they're victims, not monsters. They're victims. They're victims, you know. And I thought that this episode and this series um, changed my thinking of, of the Borg, you know, because they didn't ask to be assimilated. Most of them were assimilated against their wills. And then they became part of the collective. Mm-hmm. And when they were, you know, and, and I said, oh my gosh, they are, it, and I don't know why I didn't think of that at first. They were victims themselves because they were assimilated against their wills. And now they're not, you know, they, they're, you know, they're reclaiming them and everything, but they were just as much a victim as, as, as anything. They did stuff against their wills and they were victimized against their will. So I like the fact that I could, I could see this book differently now. I loved it. Yeah. Sabrina. It was was weird that you, because, you know, when you say that, that they were victims and we know that they assimilated, like you said, entire civilization, entire races. That you never got mm-hmm. a sense of who was really the natural first Borg. You know, I mean, I've never read the books or anything. Mm-hmm. And you know the queen, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, you never got a sense of like who was really in charge, who was making this collective do all of this. Like once you were part of it, you were part of it. But um, it mm-hmm. always got me that there was almost like, it was almost like headless, you know, like you were just in this thing and it, it just, you were just all going towards the end of the cliff and going over. You were just a collective. Mm-hmm. So it was, and I think that was why it was so scary because you were just like, oh my God, yeah, this really? is, I don't know who to fight because you're all in it. I just, I yeah, don't know. Well, you know have, I put, that have mentality. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote down um, one of the notes that I took on the show that uh, was that one of the, my favorite parts is that montage when when Picard goes onto the cube right for the first mm-hmm. time and that's the first time in the series where we see the artifact the artifact is not the artifact it's the cube you know it's represented in the visual terminology that we're so used to that meant that mm-hmm. equated to scary bored you know like mm-hmm. ah mm-hmm. you know um it's the first time that takes us that we're really visually seeing the Borg that we used to know, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that feels familiar. Mm-hmm. That feels, that felt really good. I think that's another reason why that whole part was, was really powerful for me. It was because like, because up until this point, we've seen the cube as the artifact. It's this new thing. It's not recognizable as a Borg cube and it inspires no, no fear at all Mm -hmm. you know even when they try to like have these little moments where like "Ooh, is the borg gonna snap we all know the borg is not gonna snap it's not working like there's just nothing like "Ooh, spine tingly about it because the emphasis is on uh for lack of a better word humanizing their care i'm not trying to be Mm -hmm. speciest Mm -hmm. but you know humanizing (laughs) their, their character you know um but i love that because um we get to see you know, the Borg like we used to because we're seeing it through Picard's eyes of his trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not seeing the artifact as the artifact. We're seeing it 
as the board cube. That's and the then, cube. right. And then Sabrina, you brought up a really interesting point because all the Borg that we ever saw were not only were they humanoid, they were straight human assimilations. We never saw Borg of assimilated from other species assimilated. Like you never, you know, you, you didn't see if well, they Borg. couldn't, they never could assimilate them. But I mean, like you just, you only ever saw humans assimilated. They talked about how the Borg assimilated all these other species, but you never saw it. Yeah, there was always I think I think we saw some different species in in Voyager, Couple and I can't times, yeah. I can't point point out the episodes, but I yeah. think we saw just well, a few. Each you each can count them on your hands. Yeah. Well, that's true. Well, each of us oh, still yeah. like. I mean, he's he Humanoid. might be human. He had a da- he's a Pajoran yeah. or something like. I mean, like no, he had he a little thing. I know he yeah. had a thing on his nose. That yeah. was his makeup. You know, right? Ooh, right. We... Basically, humanoid. human. You got wrinkles on your nose. Ooh, that's. <laughs> I want a Tellarite board. You got a different forehead. You know. Yeah. Ooh. But, you, ooh. You know. But you know. Oh, I forgot. Okay. All right. Oh, All right. But moving oh. on. Okay. Any any other strong call outs for this episode? I loved the dream sequence. To be, so we first get Soji's dream sequence and it was creepy. Yes. So you really were like, oh, yeah. what is going to happen? It looked like something yeah. out of a horror movie. Yeah. Don't go in that room. <laughs> so yeah. I loved that sequence. That was good. So and you know what? Laying damn pieces. I forgot to say that this episode. Um, this episode was written by Nick Zayas or Zayas. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's Mm Z-A-Y-A-S. And I think this is one of his first, this is his, uh, one of his first episodes that he's written for any Star Trek. Um, and it's directed by, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Do you? No, I don't. It sounds like a, um. It's either Maya or Maja, M-A-J-A, Virillo, Vervillo. V-R-V-I-L-O. Yeah, so we have a second string coming in, and they did a great job. Yeah, who also directed the disco episode Perpetual Infinity, and she also directed the Short Treks episode Runaway. Oh, did she? Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I thought this was a great, a great episode. I love the whole Borg Cube thing, and I especially love the getaway at the end, although... I didn't know why everybody couldn't just get in the machine and go, but okay, fine. <laughs> right. Please, my friend. Did you think Choose it, to like, live. You know what? I, right? I thought, I know, right? That was such a, he said, please, my friends. It was such a good line. Again, it's mm-hmm. still a good line. You know, did you mm-hmm. think that, um, wh- who were the people that had the, the Ionian, Iconian gateway? Yeah. Did you think that it was an Iconian gateway at He didn't first? say Iconian, but it, look, it no, looked they like said it. They, yeah, it looked like it, but they said it was from some, Completely other planet. It was from Voyager. It's Voyager. It was a race on Voyager. Remember, and they wouldn't share it with them. Right. Oh, it's so they were all about pleasure. Yeah. Well, they got assimilated by the Borg. They got assimilated. Yes, they got assimilated by the Borg. What? They were in the Delta Quadrant, so yeah, they got assimilated by the Borg. Yeah. But okay, I can't remember the race, species, but that's where it was from the Voyager episode. Also. Um, Fran, I'm sorry. Did you have another strong call out for this episode? Uh, I was puzzled, you know, when um, when Raffi was just about falling down drunk, mm. and she did what she did for them to get on the thing. I was puzzled by the clapping of her. Yes, doing what she did. I, I, 
I wasn't comfortable with that at all. Card pissed me off. She was really, really, you know, she was really, I mean, she did what she did because, you know, even drunk, she was the smartest person in the room. But I, I you know, they didn't, they didn't really deal with her except for Reels taking her back to her room. She was really messed up when she She was so devastated when, you know, her, her son, I, I, yeah. apparently, but Emily. no, when her, but Emily, the, 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 apparently she's an ex-lover. Yes, yeah, sounds like it. That's what it sounded like to me. But yeah. she said about, you only call me when you're lit or you want to, uh, or when you're being sentimental. Right. When you're being sentimental. Yeah. That was the clue. Yeah. You know, that was um, the clue. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, you know, but like when she said, don't ever call me again, that was Ooh. devastating. That was. You know, that really was. devastating. So I too was, so that moment shares one of my favorite moments of the episode as one of my as well as one of my least favorite moments yeah yeah you know i, I was i was kind of bothered by it yeah, Bacar yeah i was didn't bothered seem by it too because huh Picard didn't seem to care at all he was That's, just he yeah got the the diplomatic path just like yeah, you know, she did what i she did doing. what i needed for her to right. do so who cares that she's falling down drunk and she just lost the best one of her best friends right she who just cares? burned the last you know. ticket there yeah, yeah, I think that that is what upset me about it. it was that he was he just totally brushed over that, you know. Mm-hmm. Just good job, mm-hmm. Rafi. Good job, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, and she's broken. Yeah, she is. She's broken. So she he hasn't learned. He hasn't son. learned the lessons yet. No, yeah. he's getting there, mm-hmm. but he has not yeah, learned it is. yet. Yeah, yeah, and I just got to bring this up because I can't keep it to myself anymore. Is I have issues, y'all. I have serious issues. Uh-oh. I have issues, yes. And it's like, it was making, it kept me up last night after I was watching this stuff again. Oh, Lord. I, I the whole Soji Narek story, the whole arc yeah. of it, I can't stand yeah. it. I can't I'm stand it. Me. I can't stand it. It's just so okay. annoying on like every level to me. It only gets interesting when he's trying to kill her. All of yeah. a sudden, oh, we got an interesting story. You know, because the whole rest of the time I've been dealing with their stupid asses, they've been like, they knew each other for two seconds, they hopped into bed, and all of a sudden, she, and every moment, this is their story. This is it. You don't seem like you're very honest with me. I'm not a very honest person. Okay, let's have sex anyway. <laughs> Of the whole time, you know, and then the next thing you know, yeah. you know, I don't know what to expect. So what am you, really? I'm supposed to you. expect that this girl is that dumb? Really? How do you know I call my mother every night? Oh well. Everything. <laughs> he's telling you he's a spy. You robot, stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just so annoying. Everything about it is annoying to me. Right. She's just going to take her shoes off and start sliding down the ventilator shaft or whatever. Like, whatever. (laughs) No, like, redirect. Like, she's going to ask him a direct question, and he's like, guess what? I'm going to kiss you. Yeah, it's like, Soji, come on. The last straw was when um, he said... Oh, you know, I know a way for you to get to figure out what this is. So I thought that was not, I thought it was taboo for non Romulan. And she, he said, yes. And so she's like, oh, sounds like a plan. Like, <laughs> taboo means you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was like, well, you know, for, uh, 
throw it in there and lock the door and turn on the poison. Yeah, gas. But just but stupid. Also, but I'm I'm thinking about just like data. She was pretty naive. I think I think she was naive and she fell into this. Just fell into it, and he was giving her all the red flags, and she just kind of ignored it. Remember how Data would not just wouldn't get shit. I'm just wouldn't get it, you know. And so they had explained it to She didn't have a girlfriend yeah. like Jordy, who, who explained things to Data. She just like, okay, I'm going. Okay, uh, <laughs> I fall asleep after I only talked to my mom only seventy seconds or something. Okay, whatever. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that happen to other people? Like, <laughs> it was just <laughs> stupid. I couldn't, I couldn't yeah, listen to yeah. it. it I, prefer, I prefer naive. She yeah, was really naive. She didn't, she didn't. She said it. She said, naivete is my default. I'm like, Bruce. She did say that. Yeah. What did you build this inner for? Right. Like, you, like, oh, oh. And I think, okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think one of the reasons why I'm so annoyed by them is because, and, and I, want so, I want so much, I desire so strongly for her to be a different woman is because she mm-hmm. touches on that pain that I've lived through already in my life. You know, I was really naive mm-hmm. when I was a girl. I did get taken mm-hmm. in by older men, Mm -hmm. by men in general, period, you know, like told me all sorts of shit. And I was just like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, really? Oh, he really likes me. Right. You know, and I know the older women Mm -hmm. in my life were looking at me like, are you kidding? Girl. We're trying to tell you, but you're not listening, you know? So like, I think she, I think that's why I am, feel so strongly about it. But also the other reason that I feel strongly about it is because I simply didn't like almost any scene, the dialogue in almost any of the scenes. Like, like it's just, I don't know, it just fell flat to me. It just wasn't interesting. Like I'd find myself playing games on my phone and stuff while they were on. Like they just couldn't keep my attention. And Narek is just totally repulsive to me. I can't even stand it. I can't, I can't, uh, 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 don't, no, oh, boo, boo. (laughs) Dang, is he that bad? Oh God, oh. Oh, come here. No, I can't stand Narek. I can't stand his character, I should say. Yeah. You know. He's good when he, you're right. It, when, as soon as he was trying to kill her, you know, the whole scene from when he took her into the room and he told the subcommander another scene that I had me scratching my head. Why are you going to talk to the black subcommander? Why is the black subcommander so stupid that he's going to open you. the door with the radiation coming out? Okay, whatever. But, you know, and then he's going to dress him down. Uh, you know, we can take those pips off. Whatever he said to him. I was like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so right. um yeah Narek got better then because now he was acting like you know and he, he started to sound smart in this episode where he was going through why he was going to turn on her dream I mean I said okay this is why this guy is after her he's got exactly. that kind of brain but otherwise he's just mm-hmm. like this little whoop ass your sister's beating you up still you're a grown-ass man mm-hmm. Scaring you half the death just beat the bitch up tell her to the frick out your room no it's <laughs> gonna be all stupid but he finally turned into somebody that I said, okay, here's a worthy opponent. Yeah, I think like out of all the storylines, the character lines that we've had in the show, in, uh, in, this, in the show up to this point, theirs is the weakest, you know? Mm-hmm. It um, is, I agree. I mean, and Narek and his sister, that's weak. 
Ugh. And Narek and Soji is weak, you know? Yeah, you're right. Every time they come on, I'm like, oh, God, what now? I know. I like the Picard. I, mean, the... I like the Picard stuff. The actual Picard. Mm-hmm. I like that stuff. Love yeah. That. I mean, his sister... I just feel like the character that she's playing, I've seen it so many times before. You know, it's I've seen this very, really one dimensional, really boring, just like, you know, just, and, and I'm not, I would expect a, a more complicated bad guy. Yeah. I, I, on this show. Especially with okay. all the backstory we had about. The, the supernova and the, the the decimation of Romulus, you know, they're just all about the Sith. They 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 don't even care that the planet got blown up and left behind. Or, you know, that's not that doesn't seem to be the issue at all. They are just like the synthetics. The synthetics. I don't care about everything else that happened in Romulus. You know, it's just like that's interesting. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, I would. I, would yeah. story. I don't know. We could go. We could go on yeah. forever about that because, like, you know, there's the whole now. There's a whole Romulan social justice movement happening. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, how do we help the Romulans? You know, like, there's a, so that's a big thing. You know, defund, like, defund Starfleet, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I mean, and so my last comment about Soji sort of brings me into the last um, question that I had, uh, which is wh what, what the personal connection in these past three episodes for you, like what personally, what resonated personally for you? We've talked about a few of them, but are there, is there, are there other things? Like Fran and I have talked about the sobriety and, um, you know, and I talked about Soji and being that girl what other ones might resonate for you? Hmm. Eh, I don't know. Any? There might be none. No, I don't really identify with any of the characters so far in particular, you know, in my own life. You know, nothing like this has ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, really. I, I, except for, like, when you were talking about being so naive with men. That that did. And that's probably mm -hmm, why we mm -hmm. are reacting so strongly to so to her being all been mm -hmm. there where somebody has told us some shit and they ain't even trying, you know, and we fell for it hook, line, and sink. But, um, more than once. More, oh, yeah. Uh, last <laughs> repeatedly. Yes, repeatedly. <laughs> well, into my adult years sometimes. Yeah, did it a couple of times. Mm -hmm. few times. But, um, I think, though, the, one of the things I did really like about the interpersonal relationships among the people in the crew, I, I love watching Rios open up to Picard and Picard giving Rios his respect as the captain and that little battle mm -hmm. that they have going between them. You know, he is like the most decorated admiral ever. And, you know, Rios is trying to be cool about it. But you know, mm -hmm. that scene where they were talking about Seven and, and, and Picard being in the chateau and they were trying to figure out, you know, he was all about- You're talking about Raffi, Raffi and, and Raffi, Rio, Raffi, right? And, yeah, and they were like, oh, that's Seven. Mm -hmm. that's the, 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 but they were like, oh, he's in there talking to him. Oh my God, oh my God. You know, they were just going <laughs> off. And I love oh. the way he, he called uh, Picard Jaffe. You know, he called him old man in Spanish. Okay, Jaffe, like, yeah. yeah. And then and a little later, he's going to call Soji's sister in Spanish. He's going to call a little sis. 
Mm-hmm. I just love yeah. when he throws it around, you know? It's just like, uh, I just love Rios. He's my guy. I love watching him come out of that. I don't care. You know, everything is gone. I can't care about anything again. You know, he's, and I, and I yeah. think that's a theme. The reclamation of, you know, he's reclaiming his spot as, a, as an active person that's in life and he's going to do something. Again. So mm-hmm. Eleanor reclaims his mission, you know, the whole time. Eleanor has been laughed at. They made fun of him. He doesn't know what's going on. He's in budding. He's out budding. You know, at the end of this thing, he's reclaiming his spot. Like, no, I am, you know, a warrior. And he goes, I will cover your escape. And Eleanor is like, I'm back. You know, <laughs> Daffy's like, she's going to come back. But I like everybody's reclaiming who they originally were supposed to be. They've been knocked down. And now they're like, all right, we're going to get back up. We're going to get this shit. And we're going to find these sense or whatever but it's gonna happen but i love it i love it fran did you have any more that were uh no um i enjoyed these you know i really enjoyed these episodes and told a lot and like i said from the beginning i thought it moved the story along and the characters along and um I thought Hughes and Picard's reunion was touching. Every time I look at it, I kind of tear up mm-hmm. because, you know, we remember Hugh from way back in the day. And Picard finally, <laughs> finally gets somebody that's on his side. Somebody that say, well, you know, you left me and look at all the stuff that went on, you know, somebody's finally glad to see Picard. <laughs> 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 somebody's finally glad after all these years it's you well, after that. all this time somebody's finally glad to see because everybody else done cussed him out you know <laughs> to his knees and stuff. but Hugh says you know and they hug and you know and they and and Picard even says oh it's finally it's finally glad to see a friendly face you know <laughs> he did <laughs> well with that what do you think Take- Well, I think that this has been a really fun discussion and I want to say thank you to everybody for listening to us. Uh, We are the Sci-Fi Sisters and uh, you can find us uh, on Facebook at uh, Sci-Fi Sisters on our page or our group, the Sci-Fi Sisters Mothership or our our other group, the Sci-Fi Sisters Black Science Fiction Book Club. And Sabrina, where can people get in touch with you? If you want to get in touch with me, please send me an email to Subrina, S-U-B-R-I-N-A, at SciFiSisters.com. That's S-Y-F-Y-S-I-S-T-A-S.com. All right. And Fran? And the same for me, but instead of Sabrina, it's F-R-A-N-T, with everything she said. <laughs> and make it like hers. And um That's you right. can and you can find me at Tamia T A M I A uh at sci fi sisters.com. And you can also find us on Twitter. We are um, also sci fi sisters on Twitter. Um and um yeah, that's all of our places. Yep. Uh <laughs> we'll, put it, we'll put it all in the comments to this podcast, so don't worry. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, We look forward to next show where we will be discussing what, Sabrina? Nepenthe. Nepenthe. We're doing one show there. Nepenthe needs its own show. Wow.
<laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Live long and prosper, friends. Live long and prosper. <laughs> Live long and prosper. And keep your sensors on. <laughs> keep, your, keep your candor. <laughs> All right. On that note, bye, everybody. Bye.